we have been taught to feel not power and strength as the guys do when it comes to money, but loneliness, fear, and shame. It is so bad that we women prefer to talk about any other topic than money, including our own death. And so, you know, I was on a panel with a woman who said, that's not true. And I said, cremated or buried? And she said, cremated. And I said, how much money did you make last year? And she said, ah, 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 ah. Hey, listeners. In today's episode, we're sharing an interview with the most powerful woman on Wall Street. The former CEO of Merrill Lynch Wealth Management, Smith Barney and Citibank Wealth Management is Sally Krawcheck. Sally's obviously one of the most influential women in business. She's an inspiring female founder and a girl boss rally speaker. Sally knows how to take the bull by the horns. After all, she worked on Wall Street for most of her career, and over the course of her impressive career in the finance world, Sally witnessed widespread sexism and disregard of women's investing needs. She's now the CEO and co-founder of Elevest, a financial wellness company designed to get more money in the hands of women, and the chair of Elevate Network, a global professional female network. In this episode, learn how Sally turned a career on Wall Street into a mission to get more money into the hands of women, why not enough women are investing, and how we can narrow the gender investing gap by providing women with the right education and tools to become better investors. This episode was recorded live in front of an audience at the Girl Boss Rally in 2019 with Neha Gandhi. Enjoy this conversation with Sally. I'm so, so excited to be here with Sally Krawcheck, a woman that I have admired for a really, really long time, and a woman who actually has 100% not just attendance, but 100% speaking mm. at Girl Boss Rallies. This yeah. is your fifth. Yep. And you've been on the stage every time talking to all of us about how we can be smarter about our money, how we can own our power through investing and through just being thoughtful, so how we can all get rich, Yeah, um, which is amazing. But I also think you have an incredible story, and I want to make sure these women get to hear it. Sure. So let's start mm. with your time at the beginning of your career. You started on Wall Street yeah. in an industry that certainly today, but definitely then, oh. was... <laughs> Very male-dominated. Very male. Very, but before I do that, th first of all, thank you so much for having me, and it's such a pleasure to be with all of you today. And the reason that I love being here and love being a part of this is because, you know, it's not just talking about having more money for having more money's sake, though there's nothing wrong with that. You know, at its core, we all know that money is power. And we all know that if we don't have as much money as the guys do, we're not going to be fully equal with them until we are financially equal with them. I don't, right? <clears throat> I don't think any of us knows anybody on the planet who would have stayed in that room when Charlie Rose was walking around with his bathrobe half open if they'd had as much money as he did. And so at the core of the Time's Up and Me Too movement, even though we're not speaking about it, is inequality around money. And so my life's mission is to get more money to all of you because I have yet to find anything bad that happens when women have more money. <laughs> All right. Now with that, yes, I spent my career on Wall Street. I, was, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, where my parents' highest aspiration for me was to be an administrative assistant. We called them secretaries in the day. Uh, but I had the opportunity to go work on Wall Street and thought, you know, go, go, go. 
I was an investment banker, which I hated. I was a research analyst, which I really liked. Uh, yes, I was sexually harassed and all that stuff. Um, you know, the highlights of my career are a few. I had the opportunity to run Merrill Lynch Wealth Management, the Thundering Herd. I was chief financial officer of Citigroup. I ran Smith Barney when there was a Smith Barney. So I had the opportunity to have some very senior roles on Wall Street. I also hold a world record, which I feel like I can brag about now that we know each other a little bit. I am the only woman to be fired on the front page of the Wall Street Journal twice. <laughs> twice. I was, with, I was with an old friend of mine last week, and, I, and we were talking about it. I said, you know, I, I wonder why I was fired on the front page of the Wall Street Journal twice. And he said, oh, because you're a pain in the ass. And I'm like, of course, that's exactly, exactly. And I am. Um, the things that made me successful, which is trying to have a true focus on clients, trying not to let conflicts of interest come to bear, were the same things that got me fired. I was the only senior executive on Wall Street who returned client money because we had missold products in the financial crisis of 07 and 08. And I was fired for it. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, a, me a message would be, you know, success and failure, two sides of the same coin. I never would have been as successful as I had the opportunity to be if I hadn't taken big risks and had them pay off, nor would I have gotten fired if I hadn't taken big risks. And you just learned to, you know, just roll with it. Just don't embarrass. Just, yeah. you know, rather than, oh, honey, you think anybody read the journal, Wall Street Journal today that I got <laughs> fired? You know, be like, score, front page. <laughs> All the press is good press, right? <laughs> So failure, yeah. getting fired, front page, is something we talk about all the time at Girlboss. And you've been so open yeah. about those moments of failure. How did you build up that grit, that ability to say, you know what, yeah. I can shake it off? Yeah, um, because we're so fortunate. You know, I carry around two overwhelming emotions and thoughts in my head right now, which appear to be in conflict. One of which is, I am so pissed off at the lack of, of real progress of women in corporate America. And I am, I am so pissed off that the money industries, Wall Street and venture capital, continue to be, you know, 95% of decision makers in venture capital are men. By the way, I love men. I've been married to a couple of them. I think they're amazing. <laughs> really have nothing against them. Yeah. Yeah, my, my husband is super white. Um, so <laughs> it's not... It's, it's not that, but I am so pissed off that 95% of decision makers in venture capital are white males, which means women's businesses are underfunded. I am so pissed off that 86% of financial advisors are male, overwhelmingly white in, on Wall Street, 90% of traders, 90% of mutual fund managers, which means women have not been as well served by the industry, though they've blamed us for it. Oh, you're so risk averse, you're too girly to <laughs> invest. So I'm so pissed off by the lack of progress and I am so grateful by the fact that, you know, that we all today are living these amazing lives, that all of us live better than the Queen of England did just 100 years ago, every single one of us. You know, the opportunity we've got, you know, that we're here together is uneffing believable. So every day above ground is a good day. So pissed off, incredibly grateful, when you, when you have that and then you get fired, you're like, yeah, I'll show up again tomorrow, whatever.
<laughs> Lean on the gratitude. Yeah. And by the way, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, like I care. Do any of you care? You don't care, right? Oh, no. She's <laughs> the worst. You don't care. That's fair. No, everybody's too concerned about themselves to yeah. care. Yes. Okay, yes. You're talking about, you shared a bunch of numbers just now about the yeah. inequity of women in a lot of different industries, specifically touching money, but it doesn't start that way. No. We're no. getting educations at a greater rate than men. Women are starting on Wall Street nearly 50-50, not quite there yet, yep. but they're not getting yeah. further up. Because society starts by doing a number on us. Yeah. That even today, in households around this country, little boys are being told, you know, get to the top of the jungle gym, invest, make a lot of money, become wealthy, become CEO. Little girls are being told, be careful, don't get your dress dirty, you'd better save, you got a budget, you're not good with money. Little boys today get um, more of an allowance for the same chores as little girls, get better grades in math for the same answers as schools as little girls. Little girls today, when they look up, they see their mother budgeting, they see their dad investing, and only 2% of households does the mom take the lead in investing. So he's told to sort of lean forward, she's told to be careful. When we get older, the male money media is CNBC, it's alpha, it's buy the stock, it's trade. The female money media is, what's your money type? Take this quiz. You know, we're going to do financial planning. It doesn't have to be hard. Are you a Carrie or a Miranda when it comes to money? <laughs> I mean, this is research-based. This is not me. And speaking of Carrie, the savviest woman in TV history, so good at everything, but... She bought too many shoes. She couldn't afford her apartment, and she couldn't even do the math to figure it out. And so we receive these messages that we are flibbergidgets when it comes to money. In fact, it is today an attractive female quality to be bad with money, right? It's something that's viewed as feminine. We are told we're risk-averse, We're told, which is not true when it comes to investing. We're told we're not as good at investing as men. We're actually better right? We're told we need more financial education, which we do, but so do the guys. And so we have been taught to feel not power and strength as the guys do when it comes to money, but loneliness, fear, and shame. It is so bad that we, tend, we women prefer to talk about any other topic, literally any other topic than money, including our own death. And certainly we prefer to talk about sex than money. <laughs> And so, you know, I was on a, a panel with a woman who said, that's not true. You know, we, you know, and I said, yeah, it is true. And, and I turned to her and said, no, it's not. I turned to her and I said, cremated or buried? And she said, cremated. And I said, how much money did you make last year? And she said, ah, 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 ah. Now, I think your generation is beginning to change this to some degree, but we need to go even further forward. We need to throw away that sense of, you know, investing is not for me. Money is not for me. I don't think they did this, but if the guys had wanted to keep us from having full power a hundred years ago, they would have gotten together and said, let's have society shame women around money. Wow. Let's make them feel lonely. Let's make them think they're not good at it. And let's keep the money industries to ourselves. That will keep them from having full power. I don't think they did it, but they couldn't have chosen something better to do than this if they wanted to. And here we are. So it doesn't matter if they did it. Yeah. It's 
we're at a disadvantage and there are all these systemic barriers. So in your mind, what does good change look like, both on an individual level, right? What can I do? What can she do? What can she do? Yeah. But collectively, what's our power? Well, look, you know, a lot of people are working on closing the gender pay gap, which is incredibly stubborn. As this audience likely knows, it is decades away from closing for white women, 100 plus years for black women, and 200 plus years for Latinx women. 200 years ago, friggin' Alexander Hamilton was around. I mean, that, that's just, that is horrible, horrible, no progress. A lot of folks are working on that. What I can work on is closing the gender investing gap. Um, and the reason it's important, well, it's costing us. It's costing us, folks. You know, it costs the women in this room by keeping the majority of our money in cash where we've been told it's safe and we've been told we're not good at investing. It costs the women in this room hundreds of thousands, for some women, a million plus dollars over the course of our lives, okay? That is leave the job you hate, take your friggin' hand off my leg money, it's build your business money, it's change your life money, it's beach house money. This is life changing. Mm -hmm. And so what I can work on is this gender investing gap and working to close that and get more women to, you know, to begin to invest. Yes, take on more risk. Investing's risky, we heard it. The truth is, if you've got a 15 year time horizon, which is what you ha should have to invest in equities. If you had invested on any day since 1926 and left the money, the ups and downs of the market, left the money in there for 15 years, you had a 99% chance of a positive return. So it's not historically as risky as we've been told it is, but it is incredibly, it has been incredibly profitable. And the final thing I'll say is by doing this, we take money from being today women's number one source of stress, two, investing and saving is for women the number one driver of our confidence and our ability to achieve our future goals. So we flip this whole thing around. You've been saying a lot that we're not risk averse, right. but some of us are a little bit risk averse, right? I think about even myself. I have more money in my savings account in the bank yeah. than my husband does. I am a little nervous about not having that sort of put away and not having that money really readily accessible. And it is. It's investing. You see, it's so funny. I had this conversation yesterday. So, so first of all, let's, let's back up a step. It, we are not risk averse. We are risk aware. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? What's the difference? We do not want to take on risk if we don't understand it. The research tells us that the men in our lives, well, let me back up. When I was running Smith Barney, 86% of our clients did not know what a managed account was. Neither gender would ask. I say the men because they never ask for directions, women because we don't want to bother. The men would still buy one, would still invest in one, and the women wouldn't. So that's, you know, we see that as we're risk averse. No, we just want to understand it before we invest in it. And so once we understand it in plain English, how much historically has the market gone down? How tough could this get? What could my upside be? What does it look like? Then we're, we're able to take on that risk. And the other thing that you, you brought up, which I think is a sort of a, a common misperception, is if I invest, you know, you've, it's your money. You can take it out any day. 
it's, you know, it's protected through insurance against fraud, but it's not spending the money. It's simply taking money that is in a bank account today, earning very, very little, and moving it into a diversified investment portfolio. At Elevest, they're all diversified. They're not all equities in order to have the opportunity to earn a higher return. But whenever you want it, it's yours. You know, you can take it out. And so it's just a matter of, yeah, will there be a potentially a bit more volatility yeah. in it? Sure. There's no return without any risk. We know that in our careers, right? We know that in everywhere. But this is something that historically has not been nearly as risky as we've been led to believe that is big upside for us, potentially. And what about people who say, you know, some of the market signals are currently indicating we might be approaching a recession? Oh, my God. They have no idea. <laughs> like, what? Oh, you're such a friggin' genius. You know that's coming when actually economists don't know whose mm -hmm. full-time job it is? No. No. Warren Buffett, the greatest investor. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Warren Buffett is the greatest investor who's ever lived, and he does not market time. He does not say, you know what, I'm a little worried the market feels high or the economy's coming. I mean, think about it to when Trump was elected. I stayed up all night working on pieces for our, our customer base, our client base, because, of, you know, you'd think the market was going down because Trump was elected. It went friggin' up, right? Nobody knows. So the right way to invest is not to try to pick the right time. The right way to invest is a bit out of every paycheck. What happens when you do that? You make a habit of it, take a little bit off the top. Ideally, with your retirement, your 401k, with investing, that can be up to 20% of your take-home pay. I know that's tough earlier in your career. I know that's tough. But maybe you make it 1% out of every paycheck. You know, a couple of months later, 2%, 3% just a bit out of every paycheck, and sometimes you'll buy high, and sometimes you'll buy low, and, sometimes, and it will even out. Historically, it's evened out over time so that you get a market-like return. Market-like return, I want to outperform. Forget it. 0.1% of active managers outperform consistently over a five-year basis by overcomplicating it, by trying to call the ups and downs, you know, it's too much energy, it's too much cost. The best way to invest is steady as she goes. That's amazing. Okay, so here's what I'm going <laughs> to do. For all of you, we've got a gift code for you at Elevest called Girl Boss. When you go through the flow, it's going to give you $50 free money to invest. And for those of you like, I don't know, it's $50 free money to invest. <laughs> That would be no risk at all. If the $50 goes to $48, you are $48 better off than you were a few minutes ago. And for those of you who have that, I don't know, I've got a sense of, or I want to practice, or I want to see it, go in there and begin to become an investor. Begin to see what it feels like. Because, and particularly for those of you who are in your 20s, a dollar invested today is worth so much more than a dollar invested in your 30s or in your 40s or in your 50s. Not that I would know what those ages are like. <laughs> in your 60s. Because you have the opportunity to earn returns on returns on the returns and snowball your investments. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for that You're wonderful welcome. gift. $50 free and clear. Is your inbox a never-ending nightmare of new emails? Is each new email a new source of stress? 
You need to extinguish the dumpster fire that is your inbox. You need Mailman. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizes interruptions, and helps make your days calmer and more productive. Set VIPs as exceptions, screen new senders to block distractions, get emails delivered every few hours, not every few seconds. Stop stressing over email. Start using Mailman. Try Mailman for free for three weeks at mailmanhq.com slash girlboss. If you like it, use the code GIRLBOSS, all caps, to save 20% on your first year. Get the link in our show notes. I want to switch gears for a second. So you, can download, <laughs> you can download the app or you can go to the website. Yes, what? I want to talk about lattes. Lattes. <laughs> lattes. Lattes. We have been getting this advice about just skip your latte. You're going to get rich. That's how you're going to save money. And you wrote a brilliant piece in Fast Co. recently yeah. called Just Have Your Fucking Latte. <laughs> Can so, you tell us about the sexism this, behind this, that advice? This drives me. Have you, have you ever seen this, this advice? Don't buy the latte. Invest the money instead and become a millionaire. <laughs> like, on what planet does saving a few bucks a day turn into a million dollars? Like, not the planet on which we live. <laughs> okay? You'd have to get this inc- incredibly high return which nobody gets. I mean, individual investors would have to outperform like six, seven times what, we've, what they've earned over the past 20 years to actually have a chance of it. My real issue with it is the advice tends to typically be given by, in, in one case, a, you know, these middle-aged gentlemen who sort of mansplain this to us. It, the math doesn't work. And what really bothers me is nobody's saying, hey, don't buy the craft beer or the T-bone or the electronic gadget or the six-pack or anything that is male in nature. It's don't buy the milky, delicious (laughs) latte. It's code for, hey, hey, ladies, let me patronize you, right? So that drives me crazy. And then the final thing is, it is, again, all about this idea of saving, right, you know, and talking down to. So, buy the effing latte. (laughs) (laughs) And step back, and within that framework, try to get to where, again, you're you're investing 1%, 2%, over time, up to 20% of your take-home pay that will have the ability to compound. I want to talk about some of the tactical advice here because we've been talking broad strokes about all of the sexism that underlies where we are today, but I want to make sure everyone here walks away with some, like, clear takeaways, right? How do I get smarter about my money? Um, 20%, that's where we want to be, but how much money do do I need no matter what? in the bank sitting somewhere. Yeah, great question. Okay, so here's here's the order in which to take this. Um, So over time, there's a goal to get to where 50% of your take-home pay is for your needs, 30% is fun, because you got to have fun, and then 20% is future you. And I found it helpful to to name future me, Grandma Esther, that's me. (laughs) And... I don't want to piss off Grandma Esther, so I've got to put some money aside for her. That's a goal to get to. In your early years, it may be that you, you can't make that work, particularly if you're in one of these big cities where the rent you know, is so much, but that's a goal to, to sort of drive to. 
if you have high interest rate debt outstanding, you want to really be working to pay that down. So what do I mean by that? In, de debt that has any credit card debt, anything above sort of a 10% type of interest rate, because that's you know, really pulling at your wealth and your well-being. Non-student um, loan. Then student loans, if something is below sort of 5 6% interest rate, pay the minimum, but you should earn enough in the markets over a reasonable period of time that you outperform that. That being said, if the debt is driving you crazy, then get it paid off. Life is too short to have it pulling at you. You also want to, if you have a 401k work, particularly if you have a match, begin investing there. Whoops, I forgot a step. Emergency fund. Emergency fund you want to have in a bank account, FDIC insured, low interest rate, incredibly safe, three months of take-home pay. So you want to start building up that as well. Over time, as you have kids, as you've got you know, other obligations, you take it up to six months, right? So that's the I feel okay cushion. And then you want to start that investing. So, so in that order. You can find most of this if you go to the Elevest website, to the Elevest magazine. Um, there are a couple of resources there for you. Uh, one of which is the Go-Getter's Guide to Investing which walks through without all the jargon so that, you know, we're trying to make you think how smart we are because we're confident in how smart we are. Um, without all the jargon, these steps. Um, and the other one is called Mind the Gap, which is a guide to closing all of our gender money gaps. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So we're going to open it up to you guys for questions in just a minute. I think, I can't see, but there should be two microphones in the aisles. X, ah, right here. All right. Line up if you have a question. We're going to try to get to as many as possible. We have just five minutes. Um, but before that, Sophia obviously unveiled our digital community this morning. We have 5,000 amazing women in there, and they've sent in a couple of questions. So I'm going to ask one of them, which is from a woman named Naomi Garrick, and she wants to know, the biggest challenge as an entrepreneur is paying myself first. I'm so concerned with ensuring that my work bills are paid, my team is paid, home bills are paid, yep, funds yep. are going toward debt, and I'm trying to make smart investments at the same time. Where do I strike that money balance so I'm actually getting paid a monthly salary too? Yeah, yeah. So you got to take it off the top. You know, this concept of pay yourself first, you know, some percent of every dollar of revenue that comes in, whether that revenue is your income, whether it's the revenue of your business that you're an owner of, et cetera, and you, have to, you just have to take it off the top and do this not just for yourself, but for your family, et cetera. Um, yeah, just do it. Just do it. Pay yourself. Do, do the damn thing. <laughs> just do the damn thing. Amazing. Um, all right, let's open it to questions. We'll start over here. Hi there. Sorry, can you guys hear me? Yep. Hi there. Um, I've been with LFS now for a year, and at 35, it was the first time I've ever invested anything. Yep. I've always um, owned my own business, and I love it. I can't say enough about it. And I decided with the IPO of Beyond to dive into stocks because I love the whole vegan movement and everything. And I wished I could have bought it through Elevest and yeah. had to do through Charles Schwab, which made me like itch. And so I was just curious if that's in the future to be able to do that type of trading through you. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, you, look, you can't be everything to everybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, buying individual stocks typically has not been a long-term winning strategy. Um, there, you can get, you can hit it right, but if you're spending your time doing that, typically you've underperformed the market. So let's back up for a second. So we haven't talked about Elevest. What Elevest does, it's the, it started as a digital first 
investment platform. Um, we, you know, you can think of it as one of these robo-advisors. There's been early on shorthand, it's a robo for, you know, a betterment or a wealth front for women. Um, to some extent it is, we're the only one that takes into account, you know, in our investment plans that women live longer than men and that our salaries unfortunately peak sooner than men. Not so important if you're a man because you'll be dead, but, so, but awfully important if you're a woman. And so we're really the first gender aware. By the way, I thought an investment platform for women was a dumb idea until I realized it didn't matter what I thought, that women weren't investing as much as men, and so something wasn't working. And so we really started LFS not as a means to trade stocks, but a how do we help you get enough money to start your business, retire well, have a baby, et cetera. Um, and so it's called goal-based planning. There's also a build wealth goal as well. And further, there's the ability to invest in other women through an impact investment portfolio. So there were a couple things that had me start it, one of which was, again, how women are not investing as much as men are. And the second was a woman who gave me really a kick in my pants um, when I was thinking, well, I don't know if I should start it. And she said, you know what, Sally? I'm sick of using my money to support institutions that haven't supported me. And I'm tired of having my money managed by companies at which I wouldn't let my daughter work. And I'm at the stage where for all of us, I think it's important for us to recognize our money is power. Our money has an impact. Wherever we spend it, wherever we invest it, whether we're thinking about the impact or not, we are supporting businesses. We are changing the world with our money. And so being very thoughtful about what we want to support and what we don't. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, we're doing a lot of other cool things. Stay <laughs> tuned, but not that. Let's come over here now. Hi. Um, so I was listening to everything you said um, as far as 20% of your 401k, um, or, or sorry, investing 20% yeah. into your 401k. Um, and at the age of 28, um, that's what I decided to do when I was still in corporate America. And um, in doing so, at the age of 33, I was able to take all the money that um, I had invested and I started my own business. So now at 35, as I feel like I'm very successful as an entrepreneur, however, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to start investing again now on my own because I don't have yeah. that support of a corporate company or that match or having everything kind of set up for me um, where now it's just all me. So I wanted to know yep. the best yep. way to get back into that being on my own. Well, so you can, um, it sounds like we're talking about investing for retirement. When I talk about the 20% being invested, it's, it's for retirement as well as for everything else you want to achieve in your life. Um, there are op opportunities and options for individuals who don't have a 401k, such as an individual retirement account. Um, I won't go through the details here, but go to the LFS website. We've got lots of articles on it that can walk you through the different options and how to set the things up. But I love it that you're focusing on your future grandma, too, even at this <laughs> very exciting point in your life. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll do one last question over here. Hey, Sally. It's Karen Kahn. How you doing? Hey, Karen. Hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Good. So, I was hoping to see you. I'm here. So That's I curated amazing. questions yes. from the iFund Women community, because there are thousands of them, yeah. for you. And the one question we got, what, well, the one question we got a lot was, how much should I be putting away? They're all entrepreneurs, yeah. and we all make no money. We're broke. But we know we need to be investing. So what's the minimum people can put in to an Elevest account? Yes, I love that What's question. the minimum, and how do people just get started? By the way, bucks? this woman here 
there are women of our generation who, you know, really have seen other women as being the competition. The reason women of our generation have seen other women as being the competition is because we were. We were pitted against each other to get to that one seat at the executive table um, over time. This woman here has completely broken that mold through iFundWomen. And to me personally, to me, per, I'm invested in her business, and to me personally, she has been weekends, late nights, working through things. She is a real goddess, oh I got to tell you. Oh, my God. Sally. Oh, you're a goddess. Oh you're a goddess. Okay. What was the question? Oh, question, what present? The question's from Great the question. Come on, answer. Great What's the question. the minimum that people need to put well, in This was really important to me, Karen, as, as you likely know. Because um, investing minimums are by their nature today sexist and racist, right? Who, who's, if you've got to have $250,000 or even $5,000 to invest, who has more of that money? White men. I wanted to make Elevest, again, love white men. I want to make Elevest as absolutely accessible as possible so we have no minimum whatsoever. Yes. We have now. I need you to put a dollar in for me to give you a diversified investment portfolio, but we wanted to be as approachable and accessible and test it and have it as your first you know, dollar that you invest as well as when you've got multiple millions of dollars. So we really work to serve women you know, through this. And the best part, the best part of my day is that after years of working at these big firms where they were just literally thankless, like literally thankless, the emails I get from folks like you who say, I invested for the first time, I cried, I felt powerful, this is amazing, I'm on my way. Because remember, in the act of investing and saving is the number one driver of our confidence in our future because we control this. We control the decision to do it. It's hands down the most fun I've ever had in my life. Hands down. You're changing lives. I'm, because I want all of you to have more money, that's why. Amazing. Okay. Me too. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Sally. This was an incredible experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank wow. you. We hope Sally's mission empowers you to start investing. Keep up with Sally on Twitter at Sally Krawcheck. Share your love for Gold Boss Radio and this episode on Instagram, Insta Stories, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And as always, be sure to leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to sign up for our new daily email, The Girl Boss Daily. And remember, incredible things happen when women have more money. Thank you.